1916 to the night Charles Tess Russell died, uh, Rutherford, Judge Rutherford wiped it all out in one foul swoop and said the whole thing is all a bunch of malarkey. Now I've got the real truth. Here's the real truth. And Charles Tess Russell was a good man. He did the best he could, but he didn't know from beans. So I'm saying, no, wait a minute. You mean Jehovah picked Charles Tess Russell back in 1879 and God's spirit was on Charles Tess Russell and the next president comes in and says the whole thing is a bunch of malarkey. Didn't exist. It's all a bunch of silliness. Well, what does that say about you then? You're taking over the position of an organization that's built on a bunch of silliness, right? So consequently, Jehovah's Witnesses, like most cults, and they are, and incidentally, they are referred to as York Rite cults in Masonry. York Rite cults. This is why the Watchtower Society moved to New York. New York is the old York, England, and the presence of the Knights Templars of old York, England, moved into America and called it New York. And they called New York the Empire State. Why? Because it's the state of the new York Rite Masonic Empire coming out of York, England and establishing their filthy, dirty system in our beloved country in New York. There is nothing dirtier or filthier on the earth, in my present opinion, than New York City. It's only topped by the Vatican. The entire Vatican banking, York Rite Masonic banking system Somebody needs to do their homework. Charles Tess Russell was financed out of London, England. The money was coming out of MI5 and MI6. The Mormon Church, Seventh-day Adventist, the Worldwide Church of God, all of these are referred to as York Rite cults, financed, organized, directed out of London. Something's going on here. Again, that's a whole subject for another day. I could do three hours just on that one uh, study alone of the symbolism in the York Rite cults of America. The Mormons, Seventh-day Adventists, Worldwide Church of God, Jehovah's Witnesses, they're all being financed by the same people. Thank you. Go on now. Uh, Mr. Maxwell, um, can, you, can you tell us what the toga means in Freemasonry? You mentioned it, what it means in Roman, but can you mention what it oh, means yeah. in Freemason? Well, the toga was a symbol of a very highly spiritual man who God had used in the Roman Empire. The toga was a symbol in the Roman Empire of a prophet, a great holy man who had been used by God to inaugurate some great new era, some new dispensation. And that's why I think that's interesting that... Um, the pyramid on the dollar bill, the Novas Ordo Seclorum, as the new order of the ages, the new world order. Uh, I am just telling you that that symbol, new world order, on the dollar bill is a huge, enormous subject, which I have been working on for some 25 years. And one day I'm going to be able to put it into an eight-hour presentation where I show all of the words, the, ter the terms, the symbols of the new order, where it comes from, tying all of the secret societies and occult orders of the world behind the Knights Templars, bringing in what is referred to as the new age or the new order. It's an incredible story you are not going to believe. I will give you some tips real quick. Think about this. 
the high priest of the Sanhedrin and the ancient Jewish system, and the Sanhedrin was like our Supreme Court of the United States, the Supreme Court in the Jewish system of things, which uh, up, up until recently, up until 1948, was in Europe. In Europe, there was a high, there was a court for the Jews, a world court for Jews in Europe. It changed and went directly to the state of Israel when Israel was set up in 1948. The Sanhedrin moved to Israel. But in the Sanhedrin, or the highest Jewish court in the world, the high priest of the Sanhedrin, or what we would call the chief uh, uh, magistrate of the court, in Hebrew is called a Nasi, N-A-S-S-I, or N-A-S-I. Look it up in a dictionary. N-A-S-I is the high priest of the Sanhedrin in Israel. But you will find that the Hebrew word N-A-S-I, Nasi, for the high priest of the high court of Jews, in Anglo-Saxon, look it up in a dictionary, will tell you it's correctly spelled in Anglo-Saxon, N-A-Z-I. Now we're talking Nazi. Nazi, Nazi, yes, it goes back to a root word, Naza, N-A-Z-A. Naza gives us the word Nazarite, Nazareth. No, Nazareth, there was no Nazareth in Jesus' day. We have to assume that Jesus would be born in the first century. But in the first 250 years, uh, there was no Nazareth. Nazareth only came into existence in the third century in the, under the Roman Empire. So consequently, Jesus could not have been from Nazareth. There was no Nazareth. But there was a priesthood called the Nazarites, N-A-Z-A-R-I-T-E. But Naza, N-A-Z-A, Naza is connected to a root word, Maza, M-A-Z-Z-A, Maza, which gives us Mazaroth. Mazaroth is a Jewish word for the Zodiac. Now, Mazaroth, the Zodiac, is connected to Naza, or the Nazarites. Naza is connected to Nazi, N-A-S-I, the god of the Zodiac, which gives us N-A-Z-I, Nazis. And we know that Hitler was heavily involved in the study of the Zodiac and ancient occultism. Steven Spielberg has him and George Lucas have Indiana Jones looking for the, uh, the, the lost ark of, of uh, the Jewish lost ark, and he has Adolf Hitler looking for the lost ark. Why? Why does Hitler want the lost ark? Because it's Jewish. Because it's Nazi. It's because it's Nazi. It's a symbol. Then in, the, in the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, it has uh, Sean Connery and Indiana Jones looking for the, the Christian symbol, which is the uh, cup of the grail, the Holy Grail. And where do they find the Holy Grail? They find the Holy Grail in the city of Petra, which is in the country of Jordan. Go back and read the movie and ask yourself, why would a man like Steven Spielberg, who is no fool, I know the research department at MKG, uh, at um, SKG, I've been there, I know their research department at the studio. They are very astute in what they do. Steven Spielberg makes no mistakes in his movie. He knows what he's doing. And when he has Indiana Jones and Sean Connery, his father, finding 
the most important symbol of Christianity itself, the Holy Grail, the cup of Christ. He find, they find it in the temple of Petra, which is in the country of Jordan. You say, wait a minute. What is Steven Spielberg telling us? And who was looking for that, that cup of the Christ if it wasn't Adolf Hitler? Hitler's looking for it too. There's something going on here between Jewish, between Masonic, between Christianity, between Nazism. There's something huge going on on the world scope that most people can't even begin to realize what the name of the tune is. There's something big coming down, and it's coming soon. And the high priest of Judaism, they know what the name of the tune is. The Steven Spielbergs, the international banking cartels out of London, out of America, they know what the symbolism means. We are up against something you have no idea in the world how big it is, and it's been coming for a long time, and when it gets here, you are not going to believe what's coming on the face of the earth. These people mean business, and they are going to conquer the world, and bloodshed will be all over the world, and they're going to do it in the name of their God. And they're using the symbols coming out of Egypt, and I'm telling you, what we are faced in this country, what the Americans are facing today, you have no idea in the world who these people it. really are and what they're really doing. And it's all been there in symbols and emblems in the Bible and the research materials, all of it's there. The high priest of Judaism, they know what it is. The rabbis know, Simon Wiesenthal knows. It's just the poor Americans who haven't got the faintest idea in the world. We're just watching Bugs Bunny and Channel 7 News. That's all we know. It's going to be caused because of the overpopulation of the earth. We had 6 billion in the year 2000. We'll have nine billion in the year 2050. Yeah, I, I, you have to appreciate what I'm saying, though, is that somebody else is in charge, not humans. Somebody else is in charge yes. on this earth, and they're not human. Yeah, they don't. But they're here. Us. I've heard that we are the aliens. These reptiles living under the earth are the Earthmen. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. <laughs> I personally, it's my personal belief. Now, I personally believe that there are reptile aliens here but that's just my personal belief uh, it has nothing to do with the fact that david ike talks about it because i'm the one that brought david ike to america so I, I i i believe that before i ever met david ike i personally believe that uh we're talking about uh, that that the the idea that there are reptile aliens here it's just a belief but i personally believe that that's true and i have my reasons um i don't off the top of my head say I believe something just because it sounds good to me. No, I have a reason for saying it. I've done a lot of homework on that subject. Yeah, that's... You said uh, something changed during the uh, first... Uh, well, I guess, you know, to music. me, uh, the Bible is um, very truthful. We had the first ecumenical council in the year 326. Yeah. Under, Ecumenical uh, Council, yeah, it was called the Council of Nicaea. Yeah, Turkey, so yeah. Uh, they changed it. There used to be uh, one more, the book, the Bible, at least the whole Old Testament, and maybe Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John had been written by that time in 326. Uh, not Emperor Julian. You know why there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? 
Yeah. It's because of 12 apostles. You have to have four gospels if you're going to have 12 apostles. Do you because know what I'm talking about? Did you catch what I just said? I couldn't catch it all. Okay, let me run it by you again. The reason why you have four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is because you have 12 apostles. Yeah, they talk about Jesus. You know, is anyone following what I just said? Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah, okay. The 12 apostles represent, as I said, the 12 signs of the zodiac or the 12 months of the year. This is why you had 12 jurors in a jury system. The 12 jurors helped God's son to bring the truth to light with the light of truth. The 12 brothers of Joseph, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 uh, symbols on the breastplate of the high priest, the 12 represented the 12 signs of the zodiac. That's why the sun and the first day of, and that's why Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, spring, summer, autumn, winter. We're talking about astrological symbolism. Those four men that wrote about Jesus, though. Well, I'm just saying there are four different books in the Bible, and the reason why is they have many books, but Tertullian one of the early church fathers who chose the books to be put into the Bible said, you can only have four. Pick your four best because you're only going to have four. Why? You've got many, many books that could be put into the Bible, but Tertullian said you only have four. So pick four. And the reason why Tertullian said, because the four books of the Bible, the four books of the, uh, of the gospel, will represent the four seasons of the year. This is why when Leonardo da Vinci painted The Last Supper, the Last Supper, which shows Jesus sitting in the middle, and you will see three uh, the apostles talking to each other, three apostles talking to each other, three group, and three group. They're, they're groups in threes, four groups, two on each side of Jesus. Yeah, spring, summer, autumn, winter. The three months of winter, the three months of autumn, the three months of summer, and the three months of spring. The 12 are the 12 signs of the zodiac, the 12 months of the year. And the 12 are dominated by God's Son, the light of the world, who brings light and intellectual, spiritual enlightenment into the world. That's why he's called God's Son, the, the light of the world. So what I'm saying is that Jesus is a metaphor, a symbolic metaphor for spiritual, intellectual enlightenment. That's we were talking earlier, like the New Testament was written around 1100 B.C., I'm A.D., and during the first... Um, crusade and i'm going to continue maybe the king james version was written for stuff that was yeah, started you know why in they 1100 call the, a.d you know why the king james version is called the authorized version it's because it was the one authorized by king james for you to read he didn't tell you to go reading something he didn't tell you to read and if he catches you reading something he didn't tell you to read and it's not authorized you know it'll be your head he didn't authorize you to read something he didn't tell you. Who uh, who translated the King James Authorized Version? Uh, Rosicrucians and Freemasons. Yeah, and, uh, and once you understand, wait a minute, the Bible is a Masonic book. Of course it's a Masonic book. And consequently, when you begin to understand what is Masonry, well, Masonry is the building of bricks. And that's consequently when you graduate from high school or graduate from college or university, you wear a square marker board. The square marker board is a marker board. And, and once we get on theology and religion, my God, this is a wonderful subject. 
How many people know that the symbols in Islam are taken directly out of the Old Testament Bible? And that Mecca, Mecca is the, the black cube of Freemasonry. Mecca is a black square. It's called the black cube. The Islamics call it the black cube. The Jews call it the black square. Yeah, in Mecca, yeah, but I'm thinking that the most important symbol in Islam is a square building and it's covered with black. Why? Because it's the black cube. What does a black cube mean? Look it up, the planet Saturn. Saturn was referred to as the black cube, the black square. This is why when the, the judge walks into the, the courtroom, everyone rises. Why? Because he's wearing a black robe. The black robe is the priest of Saturn. The black cube, he's went to college, university, the square black robe. The square black cube connects to the black robe of judges. This is why Catholic priests wear black robes. Jewish rabbis, black robes. You graduate from university and college, you wear black robes. Why? A black robe represents the ancient Jewish god, the Hebrew god, Saturn. Saturn was the god of the law. He was the inhibitor. Saturn was always the God who inhibits. He holds you back. The law will put you in jail. It'll teach you a lesson. You slow down. You back up and show respect because Saturn was the God of the black robe. He is the inhibitor who holds you back. So the ancient Phoenician Canaanite people, who we today call Jews, they were actually Phoenicians, the ancient Phoenician people said, well, since Saturn holds you back, and his name in the ancient Phoenician language, Saturn, was El, E-L. The house of El was a Temp El, so Jews still go to Temp El today. When do they go to Temp El? They go to on Saturn's day. You see the Jews going with the yarmulke, the, the, the Catholic yarmulke, going to Temp El today to worship the planet Saturn. Saturn was the inhibitor. That's why they don't do anything on Saturday. It's called the Shabbat or Sabbath. Look it up in a dictionary, you will find that Saturn was referred to as Shabbat. Shabbat becomes an Anglo-Saxon Sabbath. So the Sabbath was the worship of the planet Saturn, Lord of the Rings. They're still making movies about the God of the Jews, Lord of the Rings in Hollywood. Wake up and get a life and understand that there's an enormous uh, amount of occult hidden knowledge that the masters who manipulate banks and governments around the world, these guys are brilliant with their stuff. In the old ancient system we call the Druidic system in Northern Europe and England, the Druids were very high priests. They were very powerful high priests. I've said this before. One of the most important symbols of the ancient Druidic religion, the ancient Druids, was the magic wand. Uh, Merlin the Magician with his magic wand. Remember Mickey Mouse with his magic wand? Magic wands were always made out of the wood of a holly tree. It was made out of Hollywood. They're still doing their magic in Hollywood, and we don't even understand what the word means. Hollywood is the wood of a holly tree. Holly is important to the Celtic Druids at Christmas time. Holly, wood. The magic of Hollywood. It's Druidic, Jewish, Masonic symbolism. And then you begin to understand why MGM finally, it begins to dawn on you, why MGM has the roaring lion. That's right, the roaring lion is the sun in the constellation that begins summer. Summer begins in Leo, the constellation of Leo, the lion of the tribe of Judah.
the Lion King. He is king over the Northern Hemisphere and over the Earth and over Europe and the first day of summer, which is in the constellation of Leo. He's the Lion King. Let's still make movies about it. The Lion King is Leo, the sun, who dominates the world in the constellation of Leo. Consequently, for three months, he moves southward until he meets, until he crosses the equator. And at the time he crosses the equator, he now becomes Scorpio. And Scorpio brings what we call the fall. We bring fall in. Fall is the sun which was standing straight, and now he is falling. And he's falling so fast that he's just fell across the equator, and now he's going southward all the way down till he dies in Capricorn. He will die in Capricorn on December 22nd, which is the day of the winter solstice. And for three days, the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, the sun does not move. And the United States Navy will show you that the sun does not move on in. It does not move further south, and it does not come back north either. It comes up on the same uh, exact degree for three days, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. On the 25th, it moves one degree. The U.S. Navy will tell you it moves one degree northward, which means it's come back to life, and now it's going to begin its annual journey coming back to us to bring spring. Because he was dead, now he's springing back to life. He's going to come back to life, and as he crosses over the equator, the ancient Egyptians said when you died, you crossed over. So consequently, you passed over from this life to the next. And we still say today, when someone dies, grandmother passed last night. Grandfather, grandfather passed away, or they passed on. But always the word is pass, which means death. Therefore, the son which died in winter, which was dead for three days and reborn on December 25th, has come back to life. And as it crosses the equator, we say he has passed over to, from the death of winter to the new life of spring. And the ancient Egyptians, a thousand years before Hebrews ever existed, worshipped something called the Passover. The Passover is simply the sun passing over the equator, coming back to the northern hemisphere to begin become the lion of the tribe of Judah. And when it passes over the equator on the Passover and the ancient Egyptian calendar was in the constellation of Virgo, so God's son is born of a virgin and he becomes king of kings and of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Virgo is one of the constellations of spring. Wake up. The entire thing is astral theology. Why is it that Judas went out to kiss Jesus? Remember when the, 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 the authorities were wanting to arrest him and Judas went out and kissed Jesus? And Christians will tell you, well, Judas went out to kiss Jesus to identify him. Logic alone would tell you that's ludicrous. You're not talking about Jesus living in a town like the south of Chicago. We're not talking about L.A. down in like Santa Monica. We're talking about a little Mickey Mouse uh, fruitcake city. Uh, and the ancient Roman Empire that you could walk across in 15 minutes. A little tiny little Mickey Mouse town in the Middle East where everybody knows everybody. There's only 300 people in the whole city to start with. And everybody knows everybody. 
So why would you need a man to go out and kiss another man in public to identify? It doesn't say that. They already knew who he was. Even the Caesar in Rome knew who he was. They don't care where he is. They know where he is. There's only 300 people in the town. Everybody knows where he is. He's out there in the, in the garden at Gethsemane. We know where he is. Well, what are you going out kissing a man? What if you got one man going out and kiss another one? It doesn't. It's because the Bible doesn't say that, that Judas went out to kiss Jesus to identify. It says he went out and kissed him to betray him, not identify. What are you talking about? It's because Scorpio, the first constellation of fall, is a scorpion. And in the Middle East, when a scorpion bites you, unlike North America, scorpions have two stingers, one on top of the other. When they sting you in the Middle East, they're deadly. So the ancient Egyptians and the ancient peoples in the Middle East said that you just got the kiss of death. They just kissed you off. So consequently, the cut on the skin when a scorpion bites you looks like human lips. And the ancient people said, you got the kiss of death. So therefore, God's son, who was really hot. Yeah, he's hot because he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the most powerful presence of God's son is in summer. But now he is falling. And in the first week of fall, Scorpio gives God's son the kiss of death. And now he will go to his death in in, in winter and he will die for three days and on December 25th he will be born again and come back over the equator and we celebrate today the Passover and it just by chance happens in the first week of spring <laughs> and of course Christians will then say well yeah but that's a Jewish holiday and it's alright but it's a Jewish holiday we don't have nothing to do with that so we will say that God's son is resurrected let's say that uh, he's come back to life I don't give a damn what you call it. You're coming back to life, passing over, coming back to... What are you talking about? Yeah, the sun's coming back to life. So it's the resurrection. What do you mean resurrection? Yeah, the thing is resurrected. It was dead in the winter, now it's coming back in the spring. If you want to understand this, very simple. On the first day of spring, or the two weeks before spring, go to all the Christmas... I mean, go to all the cards, the companies that sell uh, greeting cards. Go to any of the big greeting card companies, and you will see uh, the, the Passover. Go look at all the Passover cards that the Jews send each other. They all say the same thing, the Passover, the coming of spring, the Passover. God is bringing back the, the sun to, uh, to, to for spring, and we should all be happy. I said, what is going on here? Even the Jews, uh, even, the, uh, uh, even the greeting cards are telling you, this is just spring. It's just a Passover. Come on, give me a break here. It's an incredible uh, when you understand what the name of this tomb is. We talk about Yahweh. People use the word Yahweh, Jehovah, Yahweh. You know what Yahweh means in Hebrew? Has anybody ever even bothered to look what the word Yahweh means? Let me tell you what Yahweh means. If you take a hose and bend the hose at the, at the nozzle and turn on the water, you feel the power building up, the pressure building up. When you release the hose, the water does not pour out, it blows out. Why? Because it was under pressure, kinetic energy was under pressure, ready to be released. And therefore, when you release the hose, it blows out. 
blowing out uh, the release of dynamic energy, and, and the Latin is domus, autonomous. It goes back to the word, and our word, dynamite. Dynamite is the releasing of dynamic energy, domus. Domus is the release of energy. Domus, domus comes from the word Yahweh. It can be traced back to Yahweh. Yahweh was the sex act. The male releasing his creative father's image into the female was called Yahweh. This is why Jewish astronomers tell us that the universe came into existence through a big bang. And I say, why doesn't somebody wake up and do their homework and find out, as I talk to the rabbis, and I say, yeah, okay, so, so what? Yeah, and I asked rabbis, I said, is it true? I mean, tell me the truth. Was there an Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Was there a Moses and a King Solomon? And the highest ranking rabbi, this is back in 1965, in Newton, Massachusetts, head of the American Rabbinical Association, or whatever it was, he says to me on the phone, no, he says, oh, the Bible's just a story. It's called the greatest story ever told. It's a story. Wake up. It's just a story. But it's an encoded, metaphysical story. It's, a, it's an encoded, symbolic story that's telling you something. And you ain't getting it yet. Because remember, there's only, kind of, there's only two kind of people in the world. Those who get it and those who don't. And most people, they don't get it. And that's why we're crawling on our knees in America and, and trying to stay alive while our masters are raping this country and raping us is because we don't get it yet. We don't understand the symbols and the words and the terms and how all this stuff works. Uh, you know, they have something called the, uh, the celebration of spring, as I said. The celebration of spring in the Phoenician Canaanite system. Today we call it Israel and Lebanon. But Israel and Lebanon thousands of years ago was referred to as Cana. And so they had the celebration of spring in Cana, just the way they had the celebration of spring everywhere. They had the celebration of spring everywhere. We do too. And consequently, there was a spring. They called the celebration of spring in the land of Cana. They called it the marriage feast of Cana. So God's son is at the marriage feast of Cana. Wake up. It's a symbol. You know, and so what is, it, what is the symbolism telling us? The marriage feast of Cana was quite simply Mother Earth, Mother Nature as God's son to draw water. That's what it does, it draws water. So it can rain on the grapes, and we smash the grapes to make wine, so we turn water into wine. Wake up, it's a symbolism for summer, for, for spring. This is why, but you cannot have, understand, you cannot have God the Father. This is why we have a, the idea of God the Father. Why does God always have to be the Father? Obvious. Because in the ancient Hindu religion, God the Father was referred to his name. Check it out in the dictionary. The name of the ancient God of the Father, the male deity in ancient India was called Rain. R-A-I-N. That was his name. So when we have Rain, no, no, that's the name of God the Father in Hindu. And God the Father came at the spring to impregnate Mother Earth with the sacred fluid and he would impregnate Mother Earth. But you can't have God the Father impregnating Mother Earth unless you have a wedding. You have to have a celebration of the wedding between God the Father and Mother Earth, Mother Nature, uh, bringing forth new life. 
So consequently, if you want to be born again, you have to go out into your mother's water because your mother's water broke and you became, you came out, you were born. Now you need to go back into your mother's water and be born again. That's what baptism is. Being baptized means you're being born again. The bottom line on all of this is that it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Come on, this is what the... It's really quite a story when you begin to see that this is what we call religion. And it's been given to us by the Knights Templars and the great Masonic masters of the world. And we have bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. But there is a spiritual presence in this universe that men have called God. There is a very powerful presence in this universe and it is demanding intellectual and spiritual enlightenment. And that's what I'm hoping to be able to do is to cause people to awaken to the fact that there are so many things we don't know about theology, religion, the Bible, what the stories are, what the symbols mean. It's really quite a story. And I believe, in closing, <clears throat> if, if you, and I said this to a young lady I was talking to later, or earlier, if you are sound asleep and you um, are very comfortable and you're very tired, you're sound asleep, total darkness, someone slips into your bedroom and turns on a 600 watt bulb next to you, your first and normal reaction is gonna be to turn away. Why? Because uh, the, the light hurts your eyes. And you're not ready for that much light. So actually you turn away. Why? The same is true symbolically when someone who is intellectually and spiritually enlightened, we call that person brilliant. This guy is brilliant. That person is brilliant. Meaning they're filled with light, intellectual, spiritual enlightenment. But most people who live in the dark, they can't handle it. I don't want to hear this stuff. This is what we call cognizant dissidence, meaning, I've never heard this before, this is bull, I don't want to hear it. It hurts my eyes. Why? Because you can't handle the truth. You can't handle spiritual light. So therefore, you turn away. Well, when someone who is spiritually enlightened is trying to teach you something and enlighten you, what are you doing? You are listening to that person. But as you're listening to him, what are you doing? You are judging in your brain, in your mind, if this guy is for real, or is he just a, a good showman, or is he full of bull, or is it true? And so you are judging. This is why the scripture says Jesus was held uh, to be judged in the temple. That's right, the temple, the side of your head. And when you decide that you've heard enough of this and you don't want to hear any more of this light, you want to go back to sleep. You don't want to hear this light. What have you done? You have now put God's son to death, the son of enlightenment, the intellectual, spiritual light from the universe you have now put to death in your head. Why? Because that's where God's son dies, Galgatha, skull place in your head. Skull place, that's where he's put to death. The bottom line is that the entire New Testament is a metaphor for the war between light and darkness. And most people can't handle the light. They can't handle the truth. It's too bright, and I don't want to hear this. Well, one day there will come a time when the real truth is going to come out, and you're going to find out that that presence of God 
bears no resemblance to what you thought it was going to be. God is bigger than any one religion. That divine presence in the universe is getting ready to make its move on the earth. We are merely the offspring of a race of people that have been here for hundreds of thousands of years. And that divine presence in the universe we call God, I believe, is getting ready to do something momentous. It's frightening in its implications. So you need to get prepared because you're going to find out the truth is not what you thought it was. It's bigger than that. Again, let me thank you for my spieling, and I'll take you some questions again. Hey, uh, I could talk about George, this for eight hours. Jordan, as you know, this is uh, Halloween week, and on the satanic calendar, they call for more human sacrifices by the Druids and their followers around the world than any other time of the year. Yeah, you know, they you also do... Halloween uh, and, uh, and a little bit about what your knowledge of this is? I've, I've got a... Uh, Flyer over here. A report shows the five days of human sacrifices this week, including November. 1st. I don't know if you know this, but they still have child sacrifice up here in the hills. You know they kill children up here in the hills, the Hollywood Hills, off of cold water. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. They I think it happens it. in every county in America. You know. Yeah. But uh, do you know the location? Yeah. yeah, I know the location. Talk about that later. No, okay. I'm not going to talk about it at all. Okay. <laughs> anyway. The bottom line is that uh, people need to wake up because we're in spiritual warfare and they don't even right. know, we don't even know what to fight about, That's what to pray exactly about right. because our clergy won't tell us the truth. What's we are in on? a spiritual war and we have no idea in the world what's going on. We are, we, you know, your decisions in life are only as good as your information. If your information is faulty, you're going to lose. And that's why I believe all over this country, Christians, and Jews are losing. Christians are losing. Oh, I'm not talking about the, the channel, uh, the, the uh, 700 Club and all the multi-millionaires who couldn't believe, they don't believe in any of this. They're just a show. It's just, a, you can tell this is all a show. They're out there with their little effeminate hairdos and their diamond rings and they're singing and, and praising the Lord while the masters of our world are ripping up the human race apart. They're planning something big. And we got these, uh, these fascist Nazis who call themselves Christians looking the other way while people dying all around the world. Why, why they feed their belly and have their girlfriends in the motels and they're not telling the people the real truth. Somewhere along the line, what goes around comes around. And there's gonna come a time when this, this country is gonna wake up and find out we've been had. And don't, like the scripture says in Isaiah, and I love that scripture, it says, when what you dread, God says to Israel in Isaiah, when what you dread comes upon you as a pangs of distress upon a pregnant woman, do not call out to me, for I will not allow myself to be found, because you have preached for your doctrines the commandments of men. I love that. When what you dread, and you know it's coming, we know we're moving, this whole country, this whole world is moving into some dark times. We know it's coming. And the scripture says in Isaiah, when it finally gets here, and you know it's coming, and when it gets here, don't call out to me because I will not be found. Why? You haven't wanted the truth. You wanted your own religion. You wanted your own religious beliefs. Well, now you've got your religious beliefs. See what it's going to do with the Nazis have taken over your country. 
And this is why Jews were marching to concentration camps in Adolf Hitler's Germany. Where was God? The scripture says, don't call out to me. You never have loved the truth. You've always been looking to take care of yourself. You don't care about truth. So don't call me when they come for you. And when Christians are being persecuted, the same scripture applies. Don't come to me. Don't call out to me. You got the truth that you love the Lord. You don't love truth. No way. Hey, what goes around comes around. You turned your back on truth a long time ago. And so consequently, I'm saying that I believe this is the time in which the world is now entering into what is called a new dispensation. A new dispensation means a whole world is going to wake up and find out what's really happening. And when it does, it's going to be far too late. I'm telling you, what we are facing and coming in this country, and ultimately, remember, what happens in America happens around the globe. And it's on its way. And Christians are losing, the Jews are losing. And we, we are always talk about the Jewish conspiracy, the Jewish, no, the Jews are not behind any of this. This is all Gentiles. It's been Gentile from day one. The Romans were not Jews. The Romans were Caesars. They put to death Jews. The Romans were the most powerful families of the most powerful ruling bodies in the world. And the Vatican represents the real powers of this world. Not Jewish at all. The Jewish Amica, that's a Catholic symbol, not Jewish. So you need to understand that if there's a conspiracy going on, it's Rome. If there's ever been a truth on this earth, the Vatican is behind the demise of America and the whole world. All you've got to do is look at Washington, D.C. and understand that Caesar, the seat of power for the Roman Empire was called Capitol Hill. And that's why we today have a Capitol Hill. And the word Capitol is a Latin word for money. And always money had a dome, it's called Dumas. It's the power, dynamite, dumas, the power of money. And consequently, that's why our capital has a dome, the capital dome. And under the domus, you have the Senate, the United States Senate. No, the Roman Senate. And on both sides of the presidential podium, where the president stands to give his State of the Union message, on both sides are eight-foot-high fasci, a bundle of sticks with a hatchet head. They are Roman symbols for world fascism. The, the symbol for world totalitarian dictatorship coming directly out of the Vatican. The Vatican symbols in the Vatican are fasci's, a bundle of sticks tied in the cross of St. Andrew, crisscross, crisscross, and have a hatchet head at the top. And those are called fasci's. They represent Vatican Roman domination of the world. Jews ain't running the world. Vatican's running the world. They've used the Jews like they've used everybody else. No, I'm not stupid. Like Abraham Lincoln said, you can fool some of the people some of the time, and all the people some of the time. You can't fool everybody all the time. I came in a long time ago knowing who the real culprits are, and they're not Jews. It's the Vatican. And out symbols in Washington, D.C., of the United States Senate with the fascist symbolism, world fascism. What we've got here is the takeover and the destruction of our republic by the Catholic Church. And that's why nothing's going to be done to save America, because the people will never, ever buy it. The people will never accept that the Holy Father has plans for you.
never, the people will never figure it out. The Holy Father has plans for the whole world. He's the Holy Father. I don't know if you know this or not, but the Vatican signed a contract with King, uh, King John in England, I think it was in the 12th century. In the 12th century, a contract was, was drawn up and signed by the Pope and King John, where it was said that, that God created the earth and all life on it, and that God, according to the scriptures, gave the earth and all life on it to Jesus, his son. And so, therefore, Jesus is the owner of not only the earth, but all life on it. But since Jesus is not here right now, he's busy elsewhere, somebody has to take, uh, you know, take care of the, of the possession of the property. So consequently, the Pope, obviously, he would be the right one to do it. And if you've got a problem with that, he'll cut your head off. So consequently, the Pope became known as the, the, the Vicar of Christ. The Vicar of Christ, Vicar is a Latin word for someone who stands in for. So he's standing in for Jesus. And consequently, he will give over the whole kingdom of the world to Jesus when he comes back. But he ain't here yet. And since he's not here yet, the Pope will run the world. But the Pope, of course, is the Holy Father. He's a very wonderful and holy man, and he doesn't have time to run the world. So there was a contract made where he put the whole world and all life in it into a, uh, what's, the, what's the word, Jason, for the law, the legal term? Trust. Puts it into a trust. He puts the earth and all life into a trust, and then he makes the King of England uh, the head of that trust. And so the consequently, all the world will come under the, the British domination for the Vatican. Because the Vatican has nothing to do with all this war and bloodshed. Kill. They just pay everybody else to do it. This is, why Amer this is why the Union Jack flag, the Union Jack flag, look at the flag of the British flag. You'll see the cross of St. George. And then the crisscross behind it, the cross of St. Andrew. This is why the British have always been called double-crossers. Because it's a double-cross. They are a bunch of double-crossers. They've raped, they've raped Africa. They've raped Asia. They've sold drugs through the, the, the opium to the Chinese. They have ripped off, screwed over, left for dead all races and peoples of the world. I love the English people. I love England. I'm not condemning the people. I'm talking about the 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 world-dominating secret societies that are behind the British Empire. And the, the powers behind the British Empire is the Vatican. And if you fly over the Vatican, go on the web and put in Vatican from the air under images, and it will show you the Vatican from above, looking down, and you will see the symbolism of the Vatican. It's all there. The British Union Jack flag in the courtyard the courtyard is a, is a keyhole, and the key is the key of the cross. The cross is the key to world domination. The symbol for world domination is the British Union Jack flag. It's all there. Go on the web and look under uh, Vatican from the air and look at it under images, and you will see there's a whole world of, of occult symbolism sitting there right in front of you. But most people go to the Vatican and they look at all the pretty sights and never suspect why it's called Vatican. They have no idea what the word means in Latin. Again, 
I love talking about this subject because this is my subject I have lived with for some 43 years. The bottom line on my subject is we've all been had because we don't read, we don't think, we don't study, and consequently our masters don't give a damn about us. We are no, There's no difference between black and white, um, rich or poor, the people who run this world, we're all nothing but slaves. And America was the only place in the world where the hope of personal redemption and personal uh, intellectual spiritual enlightenment was held out to the world. And now the Vatican, through their international banking houses in, in Washington, D.C., up on the hill, Capitol Hill, are planning on raping and destroying our great republic. And who's behind it? The Holy Father. Yes. Back to the um, dollar bill uh -huh. and the eye and the top of the pyramid and all of that. So um, if that does represent God, if that's really a spiritual, um, okay, then who put it on the dollar bill? Who designed it? Who, I mean, th that's been there for a long time. That's right. Okay. Since 1930s. Okay. Yeah, so, that's another interesting question. How did Who it get there? there? And, and if it's really a spiritual representation as opposed to some of the things we've been yeah. told. Well, um, actually, the man who was responsible for it being on the dollar bill, ultimately responsible, was, of course, the president, which was Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR. Huh? Yeah, well, they, they used to joke about him. FDR was fraudulent deficit Roosevelt. Uh, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, you know, 32nd degree Freemason. But uh, the man who brought, uh, according to the what, according to the U.S. Uh, booklet that you could get on the national seal, if you if you go to the United States Printing Office and get a little booklet on the national symbols and the seal. You will see on the right-hand side of the, do of the back of the dollar bill, you will see the American eagle. It's not an American eagle. All the ancient empires of the world used the eagle as their symbol. The Phoenician Canaanites used it. The Hittites used it. Uh, all of the ancient Middle Eastern nations used the eagle. The Greeks used it. And the Romans. Of course, you remember the Roman Empire had the eagle. And, of course, the eagle was used in, by Adolf Hitler. The, the eagle represents the sun, and the sun, um, the eagle represents the sun, or something called the sun orders. That's a whole story in itself we could get into. But yes, uh, Franklin Roosevelt was the man who was responsible for putting it on, but it was a secretary of agriculture who suggested it to Franklin Roosevelt to put it on, and I can't remember his name right now but it was the Secretary of Agriculture who suggested putting it on. And that man, Secretary of Agriculture, who suggested putting that symbol on the dollar bill was a known communist. He was a member of the Communist Party, not just the Socialist Party, but he was known uh, at that time for being a communist. So, wait a minute, what is the Communist Party? What, why would the Communists want a, a holy symbol like that? Well, what is communism? Where does that come from? Oh, well, now you've got a whole new story to go into. That's, that's um, the book, Fire in the Minds of Men by James Billington, explains what communism really is and where it really came from and what the symbols actually mean on the Soviet national coat of arms. All of this, I'm telling you, and I'm going to quit now, all of this, I say to tell you, 
there's a far bigger story out there than what you know. Yes. I think I'm still missing something about the um, stone that the Freemasons uh, rejected. Yeah. Uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit so it's clearer to me why they rejected it? Is, is it symbolic of them rejecting? First of all, I believe, yeah, first of all, I believe that there is a world of difference between American Freemasonry, which I do not see as evil at all, American Freemasonry as opposed to British Grand Lodge Masonry. British Masonry, now that's different. British Grand Lodge is totally different than American Freemasonry. You see the two at war in movies like um, Patriot with Mel Gibson. You see the British killing Americans. What we're talking about is British Freemasonry killing American Masons. So this is what uh, you need to go back and get some of these movies about Patriot and conspiracy theory and all of this, and you begin to see Mel Gibson has a lot of things, but stupid ain't one of them. He understands the difference between American masonry and British Grand Lodge masonry. I'm afraid, I'm frightened to death of British Grand Lodge Freemasonry. It's frightening to me because I know the Pope's behind it, and he scares me. Just looking at that guy, he scares me. Yeah. <laughs> These people are um, You go on the web to... I can't remember the word. Nastasha? Yeah, Nastasha, I think it is. Um, go on my web and there's a, there's, a, there's a word in there, Nastasha, I think it is. It was the Pope's army in Poland and in the Balkan area of the Balkans. The, the Catholic Balkans uh, under the Pope and the Pope's private army were called Nastasha, I think. It, yeah, Nastasha. And go on my web and, and, and get, and you'll see the word Nastasha. And uh, you can pick it up for me, please. I'm getting so old I can't even bend over. But uh, thank you. But uh, go on the web and look up uh, Nastasha on my, uh, my web. It says words to research. And then hit the footnotes and go read about the Catholic Pope's Nastasha. Read about who they really were and how they would take electric saws and cut off children's heads while the priest was standing there. They're cutting oh, children's heads off with electric saws to teach these uh, Protestants uh, who's boss here and how they would take people and smash their heads and poke their eyes out with spears. That's the Catholic Nastasha. That's the Catholic Church for you. Yeah, go back and read about the Holy Father. There's nothing holy in Rome but the stories. They're full of hopes. Uh, are we finished? Good night. Thank you, Jordan, and we're looking forward to part two. Let's give them another round of applause. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I thought that was a good one the beginning for a lot of people just the beginning I'm gonna say one other thing of one one reason why I'm taking a second because I'm actually touched because as I rec reconcile things about both of my parents you know my mom loved in her own way she loved in her own way and I feel like when I, when, I, when I realize the lesson 
that the Anunnaki left us in the Sphinx. That's love. They, they, that, is, that is love because they're telling us to take heart and to be bold as lions for this, for this you know, testing that's going to come, for these tough times that's going to come. Take heart and have wisdom. Seek wisdom. Revere wisdom. Um, and also, when I look at my little cat, there's, there is a resting in the majesty of being. Not conceit, but knowing who you are and just being at rest in that. When I see my little cat and my dad and I, we joke around how he struts around here and he really doesn't know that he's doing that. He's just regal. He has a grace. He's regal. And, and there's a mindfulness there, the way that he licks himself and cleans himself. And there is just something about him. And what I'm saying is that um, my cat is not around other cats. Um, he is emulating qualities of his ancestors, of his bigger cat ancestors that is in his DNA. And it is... It is manifested so beautifully in his little cat form, you know? Even, even though he's a mixture of other things, it is just so beautifully, I can see the, the same majesty when I look at the National Geographic videos and I see the lions and the tigers and I see how they act and I see the, the grace and the majesty and the beauty of these big animals. I see, wow, my little cat has the same quality. And so what I'm saying to you is, just as, um, you know, if you go back to the Bruce Lee things that he said about water, just as that, that little teardrop of water, that drop of water will take the form of the uh, whatever container that it's in, so does the oceans on the earth where it has the same quality as the greater ocean. The small amount has the same qualities as the greater ocean. So what do we human beings um, get out of that? Is that we have the same divine attributes and abilities as the... Uh, as our progenitors, and I, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and try to nail down, oh, they're like this, oh, da, da, da. I'm, not, I, I'm not here to fight about things that we can't change and things that we will may not know in the moment what is fact. I'm not here to tell you that. I'm saying whoever created us, the most high, the most high, as we know, the most high, we are a small smaller fractional part of the infinite but we share the same quality and majesty and power and grace 
and we can have the same assurance, we can have the same level of manifestation power. In fact, we were created so that he could see what he can do and what he can be and what he can create. And what has happened is the veil has come over us that we have forgotten. We have forgotten that we are part of this infinite and the religious traditions that we've been given around the world that have tried to guilt us into it, have tried to... um, They've taken away the relationship that we have in the infinite in the first person. They've taken away the intimacy where you no longer are you one with the infinite. Meaning you can manifest everything. that You are told that you are a peon that is serving the infinite. Yes, you should be humble. Yes, you should think about, you know, uh, giving all you can and service. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we have to elevate the sophistication of our thinking and our understanding to understand that it is they have turned our relationship, the way, the, the way that we think, the context in which we relate to the Most High, they have changed it to uh, a servant and a master because that's what served their needs, because they used the truth of the spiritual information that was given from the Most High to the people of earth. All of that stuff that the Bible comes from, the original scriptures, that's all true. But what religion did was they came and they took it and they changed it around to fit their paradigm to keep the people under control so they use the truth to keep us enslaved understand that instead of the most high his original intention was to free us with the truth to free us with enlightenment and edification that's his original intention is for us to be edified to to say oh oh Oh, yes, we can do that. We're going to create. We can, we can, we can, we can. All of that. Yes, I am part of you. Yes, uh, we have that. And then their intention is to change it into idol worship where we talk about Jesus, but we don't, people don't have a clue. They don't have a clue as to how the mind of the Messiah the mind of the Messiah, the consciousness, the consciousness of the Messiah, however they like to say it. We, we ought to have the consciousness of Messiah. How he, how he sees the cup, what he does to the cup, We are the way, and believe me, it's no mistake. It's no mistake. Many people, it's through ignorance that they don't know. The way that people are shaped in the ministry 
is to be extremely literal. And any great text or any great anything on the earth, the lesson is always metaphorical. It is not literal. If you take the literal explanation and you beat yourself up over believing in what you cannot see or don't know, and it's a literal interpretation and understanding of it, you are lost. It is the it is the deeper understanding of it, of the metaphorical explanation of what it means. I I I may put it on the show, I may not. Anybody that follows my private podcast, the other night when I was in the bath for like three hours, I was listening to Graham Hancock has so much stuff on, but there was this one little section of a show that he had somebody else was talking on one of his programs. And they said that all of the oral tradition on the earth, you may have many people that tell the same story, but they tell it a different way, but it's still true and it's still, it's still good. Why? Because it's, it's you're learning through metaphor. And, and that is where you take part in it because your mind has to fill in the story. Your mind has to say, oh, they mean this. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, da-da. you have to, there's work involved. It's like, it's like the difference between watching a movie or reading a book. When you read a book, your mind has to hear the character, have to, has to hear who's that talking. Why'd they say that? What do they do? Your mind is filling in as the person is describing. And then it, it, they were in the boxcar and they drove past uh, all these, this wheat that was high as the mountains, or blah, 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 blah. Your mind and your spirit and your everything is filling in all the details of everything. That's why reading is so powerful. Or even listening to storytelling. It's the storytelling is so powerful. And that's why the movies are the, is the medium that the bankers use to control us. Because they are creating the stories and the paradigms and they're filling everything in, your conclusion, who all the characters are and, and why everything happened. They're, te- they're telling you this. You're not doing any work. You're being programmed. They're telling you it's this, 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 and this. You come away with the conclusions that they want. Mo- many, many, many movies are like this. The best movies are the ones that don't tell you and that you have to think like the Hitchcock movies where you have to start thinking, why did that person do that? What kind of mind does what this character did? How did, why did the, if the people in the area that were around this character that did what they did, the way that they acted in relation to this person that obviously thinks very, very differently, that has a different sense of morality. That's what all those Hitchcock movies is a person with a unique sense of morality. I'm not even talking about good and bad. It's deeper than that. They have their own uh, credo or whatever. And that I guess that unfolds during the movie or you sit there and you pontificate what that person's inner, uh, you know, trajectory is. But what is Hitchcock telling you? 
a lot about ourselves. Look at how the people around that person didn't see who that person really is at all. They don't see they they don't see who the person is. Or rather, sometimes he's he's showing many many different things depending on who who the other characters are in it. But he's basically you're going to watch it and at some point you're going to see somebody and be like, "Wow, either you're that person or you know somebody that thinks like that." Or you say, oh, those people that were alive at that time, or oh, those people that are from that area, from that mindset, from that social class, that's how they operate. And then long after the movie, you're still thinking about it. Because maybe you've never had those questions come up. Because... Every second of our lives, we're told these people are like this. Even now through the fake news and the fake psyops. We are being given examples of things. Everything. I'm trying to explain something to you that came to me last night about the nature of the matrix. Everything is math. It's so funny that most people hate Math, they don't want to deal with math. Everything is math. Everything is logic. Everything is math. And and a whole lot of things are numbers. Numbers are beautiful things. Because they can represent in a very pure form other things. Such as letters. And letters can be used to build words. Okay? So, gosh, I'm just going to tell you. That the matrix, it's all built on, it's math. This toilet paper, this is toilet paper I'm holding in my hand. This is one thing. And then I'm going to add it to my experience when I go to the bathroom. It's going to change form. It's going to become another thing. In other words, I'm trying to tell you that it's, Truth built upon truth built upon truth. Or it's a representation of something. An idea that represents something. And then you build it on top. You just keep building on top of that. And that is what creates the story. Or that is what creates the equation. Um, And so we don't understand. A lot of people keep talking about 5D chess. And that is exactly the game that is being played upon us uh, by the media. And I hate to say it, that many people that talk about as many times as I hear 5D chess come out of their mouth, they have no concept of the game that is being played on them. They think that they're being literally told the explanation of the game. And I can tell you that they don't understand it. And so... What am I seeing in that? I don't even have to be a comedian to know that it's a joke, that they're laughing at you. And you don't understand that they're laughing at you. As you repeat exactly what they're doing, that you don't get it. You don't really see it. And you don't see that you don't see it. And that's all I'm going to say about it. But um, it's all math. It's, it's all, you can think of it in terms, if you can start to think in terms, I don't know how to explain this to you, of values, abstract, 
you've got to be able to think in the abstract. And uh, a great way to understand it, because we all did, uh, you know, finger paints as children, is artwork, any kind of art, okay? Each color is a value, and then there's different shades of that color. And you can add, you can take away, you can combine to create a different color, which evokes a different emotion, which is a different feeling, which is a different meaning, which can lead to a different interpretation depending on sequence. That's where sequence comes in. So I'm not trying to give you all of this at one time, but in terms of superseding the matrix, right? You have to understand the language of the matrix first, and then you understand sequence that's how they broke the DNA code. That's how they broke the DNA code, right? And they understand sequence. They understand properties, which means mm, the rules. There are no rules, but there kind of are rules, right? It's kind of just like in music. Good taste dictates the. there are no rules, but taste is the discipline, right? And then how far you can venture outside of that and not only be functional, but be pleasing and innovative, then that is where uh, magic is how you break the rules without breaking it. Meaning you're expanding it as you're changing it without breaking its paradigm. You're expanding it without breaking its paradigm. That's what's going on. And what we have to do, what Neo did, was he found ways around the rules. Which means that he saw differently and he thought differently. Different from what? different from literal interpretations, different from this is toilet paper and that's all it's ever going to be. I believe in this toilet paper. This is toilet paper. And you're, seeing, you're not understanding its other properties that can ch this paper can be touched by water and become something else other than what you believe it to be. Yes, it is also toilet paper, but yes, it is also something that can be become something else. So there's another truth to it, but you can't get to the next level of truth to it unless you can understand that it's more than what it appears to be, more than what it represents, value. Get it? I just woke up. I literally just woke up. So see... Somebody could say, I don't know what she did for 10 hours. She was sleeping and she didn't jump up like the Easter Bunny. Blah, 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 blah. That was worth it. It was worth it because now I'm like, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. And so I'm probably going to talk about all this again better than I'm saying it now because it just came to me. I'm saying it as best that I can. It, I'm trying, I'm, I'm preparing for this Jordan Maxwell uh, thing that I'm going to lie down. 
and that is the reasons why some, some I have some people, somebody, I don't know who, I don't know angels, I don't know who. Somebody does help me find things. You know, I don't know. The signs thing, I never would have looked at that movie. I, for some reason, I just never looked at it and never knew. And I saw a lot of, I still wasn't, I was hearing the thing and I still wasn't interested. But then, what did I hear? What did I hear? Something that he said. Something that he said made me understand in a different way. Yeah. So, okay. Let me say what I learned from him. I, 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 I told you what was revelatory to me was understanding the abstract. And now I see it between art, music, math. It's all right there. Okay. And then words and writing and storytelling. It's all language. It's linguistic. And then it comes down to your processing. Oh, okay. Back to Jordan Maxwell. So I was going to tell you about this, about, um, Oh, he said in Signs, it's the story. Oh, God, just follow her path. Mel Gibson, in Signs, he uh, was a person that, you know, found out that the Jesus story, that, that they, they took, there, there could have been somebody on the earth that was the, the Messiah. And what they did is they took all the truth of of the followers that had the original knowledge. They took all of that and made it into a story with all of the metaphysical information encoded in it because they didn't think that people could handle it. So the deeper you look into it, once you look at that Bible, if you ever reach maturity, there's some people that have the Bible all their lives and they are forever on this literal level of, I believe in Jesus. I, they're worshiping Jesus as an idol and they will never come into, uh, you know, they might come into just through having the truth. They might come into some blessings. They might come into some power, but when you understand that you need to connect with Jesus in the first person as Jesus absorb his values the values of his words are numbers that all equal up as truth. They add the equations add up. And so every time you take that in and you think about it and you process it, you be, you are growing in the ability to process value and truth. And then you can tell good from evil. Then you have discernment. Then you have wisdom. Once you have wisdom, then you know the way. You know the way to do this. The way in which to be. The way in which to act. The way all, all things that are appropriate, you know what to do. Because you've gotten all that information. That math is downloaded into you. It depends on how conscious you are of it. Some people are, are more, I'm sorry, I'm allergic to my cat. Some people are more conscious of what they're taking in. So what I'm saying is, remember the thing I said about toilet paper? 
Okay. Excuse me. So when Jesus is known to have said something, I need to go through this with specific examples. I know that, but right now we need to just get through this. Is that when he says something, you take that into your heart. Excuse me. It is the truth, right? And then it's the truth. And then it becomes the key, the answer key. You know, or the, yeah, the key. Excuse me. You know how in math you assign X a value or X is this or X is that. You have that value for something. And then you can judge all other things because you have the value for that. If you're doing a scientific experiment, it would be your control. The thing that is consistent that, that places the value. So then you can understand in context the value of everything else that interacts with it and that's around it. Okay, so the point is us getting back into the Bible in the scripture, but not being idol worshipers because that we've done it for centuries and it hasn't gotten us anywhere. We are enslaved and we're on the brink of being permanently enslaved. And the only way to free us is by actually using and alchemizing the information. That is why Jesus is the Messiah, because he's teaching the way, the way. He's giving you the language. He's giving you the value. Do you understand? (laughs) That is why he is the way. Why are the Jews the chosen blessed people, whoever you think they are? Because they have the, the, um, the code, which tells you the way, which instructs you the way to be so that you can become enlightened and free yourself. That is the freedom is with the father. Nobody's going to offer you the freedom. That is he's saying you can share the glory with me if you can. Yes. Humble yourself, open yourself, because the ego gets in the way of being, we can't see. We're clouded, right? Because then we can't see, oh, this is wasabi sauce. We can't see true value for what it is, because we're then seeing through the lens of, oh, this this toilet paper, this isn't Scott toilet paper. This is some 99 cent toilet paper. This isn't, and so you're missing the whole thing. You're missing the whole thing because the way you're uh, assigning values, your value system, which is also your belief system. So what is important for us in order for humanity to rise and to defeat uh, whatever forces are against us. It's, it's, I, I hope I'm using the right word. It seems ironic that it's something so, that it's so simple and yet we're totally missing it because we are, we are fouled up by tradition and we never thought to think any other way than what our forefathers taught us. And we don't understand who gave the set of rules to our forefathers. And uh, Jordan Maxwell, when you listen to him, he's going to explain something very, very important of the King James Version. Because I kept saying, well, if it's 
the father's complete truth, why does it have to be reinterpreted by anybody? The truth is the truth. Why do you have to change a word of it? You know, and I kept thinking, I, I kept thinking from that perspective. And then Jordan Maxwell said something like, um, no, what he's saying is the King James Version is the only version. You can only read my version of the way. That's what he's saying. And so encoded in his version is a perspective and a type of way of relating to the Father that is not most conducive to your autonomy and to your enlightenment without needing the pontiff or the preacher to lead you around by the nose. It means that you have everything that you already need, no matter what your level of education, no matter whatever, you have everything that you already need to free yourself from the matrix. All you need is the will and the, the humbleness, you know, they say the meekness, the humility to know that what other beliefs that you might already have that might be tradition, that might be whatever, you got to be able to walk away from whatever is um, customary, whatever is uh, the, what the majority does. So the type of commitment to discipleship has to be in your commitment to freedom of thought freedom of conceptualizing the relationship. They've got us tied down on how we can think of ourselves in relation to this manuscript and to the most high. And that's the enslavement. And that's why kids are being eaten and nobody can have all these very, uh, you know, spiritual people do not have what it takes to, to get up and to do anything. Because they, 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 they're not in the power of the I am. They have been taught that for you to say I am is, uh, is blasphemous. And they don't understand that if we don't say I am, then the draconians are saying I am and you gonna. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to bend over. You're going to be beat. You're going you're gonna to work 24 hours a day. Understand that. Understand that. Don't be so quick. The, the standards of righteousness, the public perception of what is good and what is evil, has purpose, purposefully been changed by agents in entertainment and pop culture throughout, throughout history. Little by little, they change things for both the good and the bad in terms of the feminism, the Feinsteins and the girly browns that all, you know, I could see on one side you could say, oh, they emancipated women, yeah, but then they also destroyed the American family and the relationship between men and women. It became something else. And they also happened to be, have been born men, and that matters because they're part of a cult. 
that has been keeping our perception of how to interpret the manuscript and what the standard of what our relationship to the divine is supposed to be. They are defining it and they're defining it in a way that benefits themselves. They have sold out to the anti-humans. Okay. So anybody that's for modifying the human form and all this kind of stuff and whatever, that's leading to us not being here. So however you want to moralize it, I have the right. You can think whatever you want. That is leading to human beings not being on the planet of any kind, of any segment demographic. So just consider that and understand that. This is how they want to control reproduction, reproduction. And it's on a much more accelerated scale than we realize. They're really talking 24, 25, 2024, 20, 25. They ain't talking 2030 and, and throw out all these numbers and stuff. If you can't read the writing on the wall and see that, that this, we're on the fast track, then you're missing some marbles. We need to understand this whole, if you're a spiritual person, you are, it's, you are not, it's not that you are, uh, you're not good if you don't believe that Jesus actually existed. The point is, I, I, like I said, I believe someone existed. I don't think his name was Jesus. And he definitely did not le- live, was not living in the region that they say that he lived um, at that time with those people with that name. It didn't happen. Okay. It didn't. But there might have been someone with the disciples that was a somebody, was a figure, and that history has been suppressed and erased. So in other words, they took the truth from those people, the original Hebrews, and they redid it. The same information, they redid it. So what is happening in that science movie with Mel Gibson is they knew people would eventually figure out that the church made up that story. And so their intention is that if... If the sto- if we find out that the story they told us isn't real, then everyone's faith collapses because we've been believing blah, 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 blah. No, our faith shouldn't collapse. It's real. That's the story of us. Every single thing about the scripture is right and true. Directly true. It's just the, the context in which we... Does it matter if Jesus really lived at the time that they said, does it matter if he was black or if he was white, if he had long hair, if he had blue eyes, does it even matter? You know, I can't even say that, but um, I'm, I could rock your world on some things. But those things, the semantics of that, don't let that disturb your faith. It's going to come out. It's going to come out. And I am preparing Christians now. You may think that I'm crazy. They are going to spring it on you. And you're going to hear it on every, mark my words, you're going to hear it on every talk show. It's going to be a weapon. They are going to weaponize the lie that they told you. And you're going to find out. You're either going to find out that they, they, they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to try to present a false Jesus to you, which is really going to be Lucifer, which is they took the information and they changed the real representation of what the Christ is supposed to be and the instructions. They changed it over to, uh, to, to fit Lucifer. 
And so we've all been worshiping Lucifer all along and did not know. Innocently, no, we are still actually, um, we were worshiping the right, in our hearts, we had the right idea. But the entity that they are planned to present is the false Messiah, okay? So either they're going to present that, but if we're too smart, then they're going to say, okay, we lied about everything. And if they do that at this time when people are going to start seeing freaky stuff on the street, dinosaurs, uh, demons, all kinds of crazy stuff, when you're going to realize that people that you thought were celebrities that were hot um, got snakes inside them or whatever, when you wake up to that and then they're going to tell you, oh, we made up the whole Jesus thing, some people, that's the whole foundation of their belief. And if you take that away, they are so scared because they have no foundation. So what they don't understand is that the information is true. It's real. It is our everything for telling us how it is our code for escaping the matrix. It is our code back to the father and to ascension. It is valid. It is merely they, they change the name and they change things around. It doesn't invalidate the material. It's just they changed the name and they did what they did. And so they did it. You can be a now the, only a child. And I'm not yelling at anybody, but only a child. I know it's, it's hard to take. It's like somebody telling you, oh, the person you lived with all your life, that's not your father. Or that's not your mother. That is hard. That is hard news. But we don't have time to sit there and lick our wounds. We got to get this. We got to get deeper into the scriptures to really get what it what we're really supposed to understand so that we can alchemize this poison water so that we can, uh, you know, be able to not be affected in our lungs by the chemtrails. We got to get to the alchemy. Not just sitting there reading verses and praise this, praise that. It's a very superficial level of worship. And when it is worship, worship on you. It is idolatry. It is not edification of the soul, which is what we really have to do. We have to understand how Jesus turned that water into wine. That's what we have to understand, how to use words, understanding words, and how we can speak to this glass of juice. I can speak or I can sing over this glass of juice and whatever it is that they put in it be neutralized because the power of the frequency of the truth that is in my voice is going to affect the water molecules in the water in this glass that is going to transform the nature of this water so that when I drink it, it becomes something else. That is the level of excellence that we have to attain to get to the next level. It's not sitting here going, oh, somebody's going to save us. They are going to be, what they're saying is, they're going to be fighting this fight. That's what Transformers is, is the Autobots versus the Decepticons, the Dracos versus the Anunnaki. And I never could understand. I was like, well, if we are part, we're all related 
That's the missing part that we didn't understand is that we're all related. Yes, we're related to the Dracos. Yes, we're related to the Anunnaki. Anunnaki is the side that's for us, which is that the spiritual light bodies that are inside our bodies that we incarnated into the, these, these other bodies is just housing for the light that is within us. So when we see, remember I told you, I told you two or three years ago when my mother was sick, I told you there's stuff going on in the sky and I used to be always looking at the sky and people used to be like, well, I don't see anything in the sky. Why is she looking at the sky? Because I knew some stuff was up there. I don't know how I knew. It, it's, it's a weird kind of knowing. And I was like, something is going on. Okay, so the spirit, they are advanced, spiritually advanced, the Anunnaki that is uh, the representative of our infinite divine God of all that is. Whatever side that's on, I don't know if you want to call them angels. I don't know whatever you want to call it. They are divine pieces of light and they are trying to elevate our consciousness. They're trying to help us elevate our consciousness. They're trying to correct things going on. I do believe that they're trying to stop the chemtrails in certain places. People said that they stopped it. I don't know for certain, but I do know that they're helping us and we, we can receive downloads in different ways. We can receive, people don't understand what, where the Egyptian stuff comes in at with the sun and why we say amen. They don't understand any of it. And the preaching and all that stuff, they never explain it. They never explain it to you. And I'm going to think it's because they don't know or they're not even going to try to find out. Because just idolizing Jesus is enough for them. But for what I understand is the sun, we're getting information. We are able through those sun rays to get, download the information to raise the consciousness. You raise your consciousness and you are no longer subject to the rules of the matrix. You can leave the matrix. You can, you don't have to be soul cycled. Soul, believe it. We are being reincarnated here on earth many, many, many lifetimes. The moon, nobody's talking about the fact that the moon is supposedly within the atmosphere, right? Okay, so that's supposed to be the thing that is recycling our, uh, so they say go towards the light, right? That's what they tell a lot of Christians, oh, go towards the light. And that means that you're going to come back reincarnated some, someplace here to serve in the slave system. What were the Egyptians about? Why don't they really want us to know who the Egyptians were? Why do they demonize the Egyptians as just Babylonians and not ha having us understand that there was a certain type of people that came and invaded them and led them down the evil ways? You know, the Hyksos changed their ways. But anyway, I'm not even going to go into that because I want to have a really, really strong foundation and you know, all my things to reference to you. But what I'm saying to you is that the mummification, all of that is to make sure that they, for some reason, they thought that whatever process it is that they did, I don't know if it's alchemy with the body. I don't know what prayers they were said. I never read the Egyptian book of the dead or the Tibetan book of the dead. I'm going to look at it. But understanding that they wanted to make sure that they went back, their light body, the inner man, goes up, back up to wherever 
we came from in the solar system. That's what they're making sure that they are not going to come back, you know, on this earth to repeat. And I, I guess if they're a king or a queen, I guess why would they want to? You know, I don't know. But so the whole point of it all is for us to be able to make a huge pivot in our thinking. A huge pivot in a way that uh, the enemies of man, Draco, think that humanity, that we are the dregs of the earth. When they're, they're mocking us. They are mocking us with uh, the lowering of the chakras in all forms. And you can use your imagination. You know what I'm talking about. The lowering of our language, uh, you know, with cursing or whatever. And, you know, we all do it, whatever. But every time we lower our chakra with, uh, you know, just sex with random people, the nastiness, the pettiness, all of this kind of stuff, they feed off of it. It's a big joke. And they think that we're so absorbed in that lifestyle and the, materi- the, the temporary high that materialism gives us that we will never seek the way and the proper context for getting in touch with the divine energy. Once you have the divine energy. Okay, so if they've got people sold on materialism, getting, which means they're showing you a way of getting it. Just grind like a gremlin and then you'll make this little dollar and then you'll have this car and you'll have money to buy makeup and you'll look good and people will treat you better. That, that's, that's a way that they're showing you to get to a state that you look and feel better and you, then you feel you can do all things because now you look a certain way, okay? So it's a different kind of empowerment, right? So if you're not totally f- obsessed with that way, like the people that are not fooled that the uh, Sphinx is, you know, a human person that was here and looking at it literally and you're looking at it for different values. If your value system is different, right, and you're looking for the spiritual way, guess what? You're going to say, this body of mine, this, this body is a temple that is housing the divine light in it. So therefore, I'm going to eat this, drink this juice, which is going to be good on this body and help the light within shine brighter. I am going to uh, read this text uh, of things that Jesus said or the spiritual, um, the, the scriptures, and I'm going to put this information in, this math, and then I'm going to decode it. And then when I go out in the world... I am now, I have the full armor of God on because I now know when someone does this, I do this. This is my code of behavior. This is my code of the way. This is how I should be. These are the the decisions that I should make. The rules that they give us, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that. Those things are what make us saved Because when we do the right thing, we are saved from the trouble and the calamity that we would have been in had we sinned that are brought on by the sin. The wages of sin are death. So we heap bad things upon us when we don't, when we don't follow. It's not like, oh God, we can't, we can't be bad. And oh, we we must, we made a mistake. And you know, all this kind of stuff, 
It's like very, very harsh. And it's the way of following rules, which is where the, the Pharisees was about. Oh, don't eat, don't eat on this day and don't eat that and whatever. And what the whole revelation of Jesus was is that if you have his level of discernment, you don't need the laws. Because out of love, you have a discipline and you have a discernment and you're going to know. I shouldn't eat that because that animal is unclean. Do, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? All, we, he's giving us a higher level of consciousness. And he's not always explaining every little reason, blah, 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 blah. But through him, through, through perfected love, loving yourself, loving your temple, uh, respecting yourself, respecting other people, blah, 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 blah. Through all of that, we are blessed. Because to do the good thing brings good things, brings blessing naturally in itself when you sin you 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 pay bad things happen you know when we do good good things happen so it's kind of like Jesus is just raising the level and the thing is that if you love if you do something out of love You're going to have a second wind, a third wind, a fourth wind. And if you really keep at it, you're going to go into true spiritual power. And I'll tell you, even in the old paradigm of understanding uh, literal interpretation of Christ and Christianity, that some of those Christians were amazingly powerful. They didn't even understand the metaphysics of it but just because it's all true and they had so absorbed the story they had it you still get it you still get the blessing you still get the knowledge because you because you just are you your vibration because you love God so much because you love Christ so much you get in on that frequency and then you come into the power so even if you don't even understand all the, the levels, more that there is, you are still saved. You are under grace. You are under anointing because you, you, are, you sought that frequency and it found you and you are covered. And then you are under the blood. And that's another thing. And I will get into that another time. Uh, there's a lot more that I even want to look at before I even want to start talking to you about the blood. But it's everything. So... We, no matter what anybody says about Jesus having lived or not, it doesn't matter. We don't have time to trip over it. What it is, is that somebody was here. We don't know who it was. They took that real true information of the Messiah, of who he is, how he is, what we got to be to be like him. They got it and we can get it. And we can just pivot, just pivot and get in the divine so that we can say, I am. Whatever the Father has, I have it. 
It doesn't matter if you change the story. It doesn't matter if we find out, you know, anything, that it was Mary Magdalene that led them as a disciple. Whatever, whatever it is that they're going to tell us, it doesn't shake our faith. It doesn't matter what we find out because they think they're going to suddenly tell us. And we're going to lose our marbles. We're going to lose our footing. No, we don't lose our footing. We take what what we know to be right and we stand on the word of God. The word of God is still valid. It's still valid. What has changed is our sophistication of our perception of it. Because now we can understand. Okay, they call it the greatest story ever told. It doesn't matter if he was literally here and he was a white man or whatever. Whatever they say, it doesn't matter. We have this knowledge and we got to use it at some point. We got to use it. We got to do the alchemy. We got to turn this toilet paper into Scotty brand. You understand what I'm saying? We got to be able to change the atomic level of the air, of everything around us, of the inside of us. When they say we can do this, we can do that and blah, 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 blah. We don't understand. Is that when we get the word on the inside of us and then it's like we strong as lions, strong as lions. See, what happens to me is that when I connect with that energy, when I hear that music and I hear the father, uh, I mean, I, I, I hear the most high. I hear it. I see it in the in everything or whatever, in my little cat, in the flower, in, in the picture of the tree, I see it, something turns on inside of me and I remember, I have the most high God inside of me. What can I do? Yes, I can do this. I can do this. I can do that. I can do that too. Oh, I didn't even know I could do that. I can do that. And then, not to just know that I can do it, then I try and then I do it. And then I feel good. And then I meet somebody. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I can do this, this, and this. I'm not bragging. I'm saying, if I can do it, you can do it. Let's do this. But what they want is for us to be so caught up in semantics that we can't, well, no, I believe it like this. I believe it like that or whatever. You can, but where is it getting you? If we're not getting to that next level. And so why is it still important to understand the falsehoods, the falsehood that we've been told about the the Nazarene story? Why is it important? Just because they're going to do a false deception. They're going to do a fake Jesus. And many people, they're so hungry. They're so hungry for the Messiah. Everybody's hungry for the Messiah. The, the, The Jews in Israel are hungry for the Messiah. Everybody is tired of this situation on earth that we're looking at the way that is everybody is tired and we want him to come now we're like we want <laughs> we're tired of this we don't need there are times when i'm like food is great i don't care how delicious it is i just want to be you know some people just say i just just give me jesus that's what they mean when they say that okay you know when 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 the negro spirituals used to be like you know steal away did you just take me home what they're really trying to say it's not about death and it you know it's it's about 
I want to be with the divine. I want to return to where I don't have to be so petty and worried about, you know, all these physical things. I want to just be spiritual and love and, and, and uh, be a part of everything that is great. That, that's what everybody wants. So we just have to realize, though, that Satan is very real, set, okay? And that, that draconian, which is set or whatever, that they are shapeshifters and they are liars. They are liars. We need to wake it up that they will lie to your face with a smile. They will change their face. They will take on the form of the most person that you find so gorgeous. And that is why I'm saying, even me, I remind myself, don't be a respecter of persons. Don't be fooled by what people look like because what's on the inside may not match the outside. So also, don't judge yourself by the way that other people are looking around and they're looking at you like, oh, you look like, oh, are you homeless? Or, or they're looking at you, whatever, whatever, because the most high could be looking at, look at that soul enduring. Look at, look at my, one of my little children, one of my little souls that is even in the midst of all the temptation and the seduction and, you know, all this uh, decadence still stays focused on me, still looking for my light, still the real light, not the false light, still trying to improve, still trying to refine, still willing to, to be corrected. So I'm in a little bit of a difficult state because, and believe me, I had this as a child too, is that as a young person, I was very young, but I probably have a very old soul. And so all I did was read the word. All I did was read the word. When I wasn't reading it, I was hearing it. When I wasn't hearing it, I was singing it. So there comes a point when you're in it where it lives in you, right? And you will meet up with people especially if you're a child, especially if you're a minority, they don't understand where the authority, where do you get that authority from? And when I was little, I used to, I would tell them in a second, oh, it's the most high. Oh, I'm serving. <laughs> you know, I was like a little, oh my gosh, what's that nun that Sally feels this way? I was just like, I was just like little evangelist, but not in an obnoxious way. I, I did it in a way that was like, I had an interesting way of doing it. But um, what I see is that I hit problems with authority because they, they saw my confidence level in the authority that I get from my connection to the father, they're like, oh, she thinks she can tell me da da da. No, I'm not trying to tell you anything. I'm saying God is showing me this, this, and this. I see what you're doing, and I see what God is showing me is is, and I'm like, well, God's way is better. That's 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 what I'm seeing. And many times you will see a child, you'll be trying to do something. You're like, why can't this can open? Or why can't you're trying to do something on the computer? And it's just, you know, whatever you're trying to figure out. And a little child can come along 
and just, you know, I keep getting the vision of like this little, the little girl from V when they couldn't figure out how to fix the computer, you know, to save the earth. And she presses one uh, number. She's like, oh, pray to Nama, you know, and <laughs> it's like kids have that because they're just they're still connected to the divine. And so that is the mind of the virgin, which enables us to be like, wait, oh, there's there's more information. You don't it's not necessarily that you have to have gone to college or that you had to have gone here or there or that you had to some 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 of these young souls, I bet I bet the next generations that are coming up, I don't know the name of them, Rainbow Crystal Children, I don't know who they are, but I'm sure the ones that haven't been affected by the vaccines, that is, that they probably could just tell you, oh, it's this. They just have it. They just know it. They don't know how they know it. But why? Because they're in that they're in that frequency where they can just Take it right out of the Akashic records. That's that's what they, that's all they're doing. It doesn't mean that somebody's better than you or you know whatever they think they know more. It just means that this person has access to information that if you're not on that level, if you're not on in that frequency, you don't see it. You may not see it. You may be like, what is this kid looking at? What is this person? How is this person? I just looked at that. What the heck did they look at? And one person could come out saying, oh, it was this, and then they can go on for hours and hours. And one person would be like, yeah, it was all right. You know, so it's where your soul has a unique trajectory. Your soul has a unique path. It's determined at the time of your birth. All of those things about the birth chart and the expressions, that that's just, it's the time that you came into the world. That's the time that you incarnated and that means a lot of things in terms of different aspects of the trajectory. You can just literally see the trajectory of the person's life, nature, everything. And what I like to do is I, I don't read any kind of... Um, I'm not too much into when they say, oh, this sign is like this or this sign is about that. Because it's actually the knowledge is bigger than that. It's bigger than that. It's... It's natures of man, and not only that, it's you're, you're looking at values. It's not, the signs are not what we've been told, and not only that, because of the shift in the Gregorian calendar, we don't even really have. Um, it's not laid out exactly properly in terms of uh, oh well. February this, then you're this, or you're on the cusp of this, or you're on the cusp of that. The calendar, they messed with the calendar and the leap year and the whole thing like that. And that changed uh, a lot of the values interpretively of what that information means to the nature of man at the time that you were born and all that kind of stuff. So changes change or rather hmm, how do I say it okay so people that are intuitive uh like I'll say for an example uh Bonnie was one of the first people to say it and a lot of people realized they didn't say it but they realized it is that you could not no longer uh do interpretations by sign because it's not about that and now I see the father 
doesn't really want you to do it like that. And I understand that. And a, a lot of old Christians will say that, blah, 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 blah. But there is information. You have to be able to know how to use it, knowledge and information. Okay? So the information is it's just values. It's just values. That's all I can tell you for now. It's just values. And then if you understand the cycles of the seasons, then you can understand that, 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 that things are on a cycle and it repeats. And there's nothing evil or spookish about that. Every, every uh, what is it? I don't know what the date is. Is it uh, uh, late October, no, November? We're, we're going to start having like, you know, winter, you know, in the March. We're going to start to have spring. There's nothing uh, evil or, you know, oh, she predicted it. I mean, we know it's coming. And, and actually, everything that's going on right now is laid out through the ages from Taurus, Pisces, Aquarius. It's laid out. It's like the seasons. There's nothing spookish about it. I don't say that you need to get... Uh, you should not be looking at that the nature of man and understanding the nature of man over uh, the the edification through the heavenly Father and understanding the story of the Messiah. No, that's ridiculous. Who would do that? You never do that. But there is something to the uh, uh, astrology, astronomy, cosmology, whatever. All it is is where those planets are. And they're light bodies. And the spirits, the, the heavenly hosts, are in these places. It, I mean, it's not as spookish as the church would have you believe because the church does not want you to know. They don't want you to know anything. They don't want you to know anything. So I just wanted to clarify one more bit while I remembered it. I, I probably am going to deliver this whole thing a lot better in speaking. Uh, you know, this, this has been a revelation to me, but... Just basically, um, we are related to the Draco. We have the reptilian brain, right? We're related to the Anunnaki. Serpent, all serpent is not bad. Serpent, there's such a thing as serpent wisdom. And that is the wisdom that was left by the Anunnaki for us to find our way to the Divine Father. Okay, so they gave us a story that we could, they gave us a hero like ourselves that we could see as ourselves and that we could see the steps to follow, to be, and to become. So if you think of it, Autobots versus Decepticons, you could think of it in that way or whatever, but they're going to have a showdown. And that showdown is scheduled pretty soon. And maybe if some more people were looking at, you know, all these things that have been written through the ages of the age of this and the age of that. Maybe we'd know that because they already told us when this constellation, when uh, the virgin meets the this, then that's when we're coming back. So if you don't know that, how are you going to be ready to meet the Christ? How are you going to be ready if you don't know that? You know, people don't know that. And they the, the thing is that Talk about putting away the ego. You have to put away your ego in order to be like, at least be like, well, is it true? Let me find out if it's true. 
What's true about it? How does that change? How does how can we edify the message that we've been giving to include some of that information and be absolutely right and lead people absolutely right and be able to speak to the old school people that think and the young minds and everybody in between? That's the question. So the Christian paradigm might have to uh, adjust and very quickly, I might add. So um, basically, the Dracos are terraforming the earth. Um, I don't know. They, they want it back. They want it back from uh, the Anunnaki's. Okay. They feel like we're the aliens and maybe we are. Maybe we took over. Maybe they were on the surface and they want it back. I can understand that, but what they're doing is murdering people and using deception and trickery and all kinds of stuff. So if we want to survive, we are going to have to raise our consciousness to go back where we came from so we don't have to deal with Dracos. That's it. Because they want to keep a certain amount of Earth people. I, I don't know. I don't, here's something that I'm thinking about, and it's a question I haven't answered yet. If they want to kill humans, you know, or to, to take back the planet or whatever, do they just hate us? Because I think, okay, so somebody, I've heard this before, that they're jealous of human beings because we got the best of all possible. We, we got the best splice that there could have been and that they wish that they could experience the reason why they want to inhabit earth beings is and take over all these stars and stuff like that is because they want, they like the sensual life. It appeals to whatever their personality traits are, which is like a reptile. It, it, it appeals to that. The lower nature of man appeals to that. So I don't know if they just want to, you know, have souls to be their slaves why don't they just let us all go to, go be with the Father and then they have the earth and fine. I, I don't even understand it. But, you know, I guess maybe they just, they hate, they hate the Father. And uh, I'm telling you some revelations are going to come. Real revelations are going to come. And people are not going to, they're going to, they, they may lose faith. It may shake them. I hope it doesn't lose your faith. The reason why I'm taking the hit, I'm taking the hit for revealing this stuff to you now so that you have time to research it. Don't take my word for it. I want you to investigate it. Prove me wrong. Prove people that are giving information like this wrong. I don't think you're going to be able to, but I'm giving you the time uh, to find the truth because only those that can elevate themselves to higher consciousness. That's the only way. It's the only way out. That's all I'm going to say. You either understand how to do what Jesus did and rise to his level of consciousness, or you don't go there. That's it. There's no, there's no other way. So the other revelation that I'm preparing you for is that, uh, I'm, I, I know I'm going to take a hit. I don't care if I'm going to take a hit. I'm going to break you guys in on some revelations that are about to come. And that is, number one, most of the earth was deeply melanated. A type of melanated people that came from a myrrh, a myrrh people. 
that were like aquatic or whatever. And then they became the melanated people. And I think they were like dark. They could have been dark blue, dark green, whatever. And then that changed into the brown people. Okay. And then the brown people have had dominion. And then it changed hands again. Okay. But adding to that as well, um, the Italian translators that visited Sarah Westhall, you can look her up, you can listen to that. They could interpret the old Italian of the original Bible. They went through Genesis and they said that the story of Genesis that King James had put in there is that story, just that story of those particular people. Now we do understand that there were probably more than one cataclysm where they restarted the population over again. Maybe that's what happened when they came back again and they had to repopulate the earth. I don't know. I don't believe that that's the case. Women were first. Women were first. How women could not, how a man could come first, I don't understand it. Because the woman, the woman produces the egg and there was immaculate conception and that is where the story of Mary comes from. That is where the story of Mary comes from. That is why they all worship the black Madonna because they were melanated and it was women. And then men were created um, to do, you know, their purpose or whatever. So it changed from matriarchy to a patriarchy. And a lot of people may not be ready to accept that. But um, that's where... When they're telling you, I hate to say this, I hate to say this, but you're wondering where that Ariana Grande song came from, God is a woman, that's where they're getting it. Because the earth was, it was women. And then they originally created woman, and then a partner was created for her. Uh, and that's it. So that's, I tried to give you all of the big stories that are going to be hitting uh, Christians like a brick and they think that it is going to make you lose your faith and I hope that it doesn't because nothing nothing that is important is wrong it's all right and correct it's just some of the lies that they made up are not true but it doesn't affect it doesn't affect the scriptures it doesn't affect the scriptures. So it's not a big deal. I'm saying prepare now. Prepare now. If you if you think that you can that you are going to ascend to the heavenly father with a basic Sunday school level understanding, literal interpretation of the Bible and Jesus and the Christ Good luck to you. Anybody that's truly concerned for their soul, now is the time to investigate everything that I have said. Look it up. Do your own investigation. If you feel that it's, that it's still wrong, then let's debate it and come at me with fact. Come, come online uh, you know, and be able to show where uh, what we've said is incorrect. 
if you can't and you just go in circles about what the church taught you and that you trust King James, who we know was dealing with people that were dealing with demons, that's, you can Google that. Um, if you, if you, if you can't really prove it, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what to say, but I will tell you that I was raised in the Christian tradition and I still consider myself a Christian. I believe, uh, I believe that, that Christ consciousness is everything. I believe those words are absolutely true. Every single word of it uh, is true. Um, and there's no other way. There's no other way to the Father except to raise our consciousness to the level of the Christ. So I don't have a... Pro- this This information does not shake me. And nor do, does it uh, make me eschew my Christian upbringing. So um, I'm hoping that the fact that I found a way to be able to see this information and see through the falsehoods of it, because I don't believe in blue avians. I think all of that David Wilcox, all that stuff is fake. I don't believe in, I don't believe in aliens. I still don't believe in aliens. I believe that there are extraterrestrials that have always been here living under the earth. He told us there's demons that have been going up and down inside the earth. That's been in the Bible from day one. I know who he's talking about. And they're walking the earth right now. They're walking the earth in human form. And so all I can say is don't be seduced by a pretty face because they're shapeshifters. That's what I could tell you is, is we, all, we all need to stop with the thinking somebody's a certain race, a certain this, a certain that. They've been splicing. They've been doing all kinds of stuff. You don't know who the heck you're looking at. We don't know who we're looking at. And we literally don't know who we're looking at because we don't know. See, when they reincarnate, they retain their memories of being here before. They look completely different to us. We think they just got here. Oh, they're just like us. No, they've been here from Caesar's time. They remember Caesar's time. They've been here through Hitler's time. They remember working for Hitler. They're still working for Hitler. Wake it up. And they could look like anything, could look Asian, could look Spanish, could look black, could be using, playing the, the, the person of color card and have been in the ranks. You don't know because they're reincarnated. And if you, if you, if you don't believe me on anything else, I've j- I just don't know what to tell you. If, if you haven't watched me enough to see that I am a truth hunter and I'm on it like, you know, Scooby-Doo looking for Scooby snacks every minute of every day. I'm on it because, you know, I'm just all about the most high and the divinity and everything. I'm not perfect. I don't pretend to be perfect. I don't give a darn what I look like. I really don't care. And I, I have had to fight. a. Ba- I am fighting with, you know, somebody that's dealing with some demons that deals with demons. And so whatever, however tough I have to be on my own to have the momentum and the strength to get through it, I'm going to do everything that I need to do to stay strong, to both serve and to do what I need to do. 
And I'm hoping that uh, the people that could get something out of learn from my experience, that they are not, uh, you know, put off or that they don't misinterpret, uh, you know, my battle with a demon over my authority to say, I am, I am good. I am this. I am that. I am the last person. I'm the last person to be, uh, what do you call it? Um, all about myself. I'm just not that. I, I'm just not that. I have never been that. I've never been like, oh, look at me. <laughs> I've never done. I could have. I could have. But I didn't. I'm just more interested in finding out what I want to find out. And, and get what I find is that the narcissist uh, path and the path of that is so time consuming. Because you will never have enough of what you need to consume to keep up the illusion um, to, to be getting light and praise through superficial means. You will always be at a loss. That's why the Dracos are always at a loss. They never have enough light. They always have to constantly get it from other people or get it from other places. The thing about the father is that's like a, it's a renewing um, light. It is a renewing uh, thing. And when you, when you, when you're in the practice of creating, it just glows, you know? And so if I, if I take the time to be like, okay, I'm going to be about, I have an event today. And I'm going to go and I'm going to present myself as a singer. Like I did this the last time that I went. And I was like, okay, the people said, you know, they didn't think I was looking whatever kind of way. And I was like, all right, let me, let me just take a little time. What can shine from within can be so much, I mean, it can just be so beautiful. You could, you could have, you know, I have eczema and I have, you know, dry skin and sores or whatever. And I know different times that I can feel really, really beautiful even with that going on because he's, he's blowing me away. He's blowing me away with the beauty of his creation everywhere. So I hope I said it all. I, I hope I said some things and I hope people take it the right way. I want Christians to know that I do not persecute the body. I love the body of Christ. I love the body. I love the body. And uh, I, I want you to increase in wisdom and to be able to, to, be able to, uh, to grow and to really test yourselves. Because we, we have not been tested to change anything from the way that it's been uh, from what the oppressors said we could be. And it is time to take the I am power and for us to determine who we are, what we believe, and what we can do. I'd, I'd like to hear, I, I don't hear a great many Christian masters, master, when I was little, 
I, when I was little, I heard some preaching that was like that. But um, we got to get into the science. There's no way around the science because you got to understand that the evil side, they're on the science. They're on it. They know everything about Jesus and the blood and everything. That's why, that's why they're drinking the blood of children. That's why they're doing the rituals. Call from Barry Morell. I don't know who that is. Let me just Call from answer this. Barry so I'm just telling you the reasons why they're doing the things that they're doing is to try to get the power. They're trying to get the power out of the blood. Do you understand? They're trying to get the mind of the virgin from the virgins. Do you understand that? And, and us seeking knowledge, right? But then not so much knowledge of what they do because I know that as we expose who they are, and that is very, very necessary that we expose, understand that their double game is to normalize, normalize the cannibalism, normalize the child sex. So us listening to every little lascivious thing that they do, you know, and all of that, it's bringing it into our consciousness. I, if you notice, I really don't watch or listen anymore. But like I said, oh, I was going to say one more thing about the Michael Jackson thing. It's kind of like maybe they took the one person that didn't rape kids to accuse him of it. And because his innocence shines through, it would make you doubt anybody else that they accused. Do you understand? Because Michael belongs to them, and yet he's also uh, an advocate for the highest in humanity. So I think, you know, I'm not saying he's an angel because obviously he had to sell out to an extent to get where he got. But if he was telling us to the end, if we were overhearing phone calls where he said, oh, no, I didn't have I don't have sex with these people. He you could see that he has this kind of thing where he didn't even want to be around these people, but he still got to serve the people that he's got to serve. I have I'm not here to judge anybody. I don't know whatever. I don't know whatever. But. Let's not let them normalize it because that's what's happening. We're not shocked anymore. We're not shocked anything. But if you can, the, the best thing is uh, love thy neighbor as yourself. Because if, you, if we love our neighbors, and I'm learning it, I'm learning to love my father as myself. And I'm, I'm learning to put myself in his shoes. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to work, I'm trying to serve the father. And yet he doesn't, I mean, he, I think he does understand. I think he does understand what I'm doing. But um, I don't know. I tried to say everything that I had to say. I hope you all understand. I hope you all understand. Um let me see if I have anything else to say. Uh, 
I think that we still, no matter what oppression that we're under, this is why I say I don't have, don't have fear because we are still self-determining, right? So if somebody really is not into X, Y, Z, that's evil or whatever, you can stick by that and, you know, there's going to be consequences to that, but you can opt out. Do you know what I mean? And it, it seems like humanity can still determine its fate. It's not a wrap. We, if we give up before we even start and just say, oh, we're putting it in Jesus's hands when we, uh, you know, in their fake Jesus's hands, okay, not the real Messiah. I'm saying if we go along with what their old ways are and we see that it's not working and that we're not winning, then you're determining an outcome. You already know what the outcome's going to be. But if we challenge ourselves and we try to raise that consciousness and we open ourselves to raising consciousness, I said that whole thing about us doing the prayer and doing the that. I really haven't heard anybody. It's weird to me. Ask yourself, if you're an old school Christian and you disagree with anything that I said today, why are not the churches of America having a coalition against uh, the Pizzagate and against uh, the human trafficking and against all this stuff? Why haven't they ever stood against the Catholic Church? No, they're trying to stand with the Catholic Church. If that doesn't trigger your spidey sense... I don't know about your judgment because it's all the Vatican. It's all the Vatican. Anyway, I'm tired. It's not, it's not even, you know what? You know what I realize? It's not even that big a deal. It's just the truth is the truth. And that's all it is. And um, it's as simple. Either you know it or you don't. Either you, you know, live your life by it or you don't. It's not that big a deal. Anyway, I think I've said enough. Love you guys.